As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Welcome into another edition of the Under Center podcast here on NBCSportsChicago.com. I'm JJ Stankovic, joined by John Moonmall, and we're here at Hallis Hall. And, uh, Moon, we got a first-place matchup. Just like everyone predicted a month ago, the Chicago Bears and Tampa Bay Buccaneers will square off at Soldier Field in week four with both teams in first place uh, because uh, nothing makes sense. Um, it's, a, it's an odd year already. You have the feeling it's there's Snow White and Seven Dwarfs, but there's no Snow White this year. There's a, kind of all these... <laughs> Any but any given Sunday kind of games, which we saw from Minnesota. Which of the dwarves? Which of the dwarves kind of won against Snow White? The, the Bills. If the Bills are one I, of them, well, they all they're all kind of Snow White wannabes, and they're just <laughs> not. You know, it just makes the league. I'm not sure what the league wants. It's sort of parody. I mean, this is yeah. This is parody. Uh, good, good. That's the good news and the bad news. So, yeah. All of a sudden, okay, this week they're two first place teams. Next week they'll just be part of the pack. Maybe yep. or, you know, so the. The week-to-week uh, getting a fix on this league is going to be difficult and pointless, I think. Yeah, me. I think that's almost why the Bears' win over the Cardinals was kind of good, because <clears throat> Arizona gets out to that 14 to nothing lead on the same day that the Bills beat the Vikings, and not just beat the Vikings, they stomp the Vikings. The Lions go out, they beat the Patriots. The Bears kind of avoided a banana skin there, yeah. and that's... That's a good thing, but now now this test against Tampa Bay is what I really want to get into because this is the question I have for you, Moon, that I want to kind of start off talking about. Is Tampa Bay's offense good enough to the point where even a very good Bears defense is going to need to be picked up by the Bears offense? Because we heard Matt Nagy say it a couple times. You know, eventually the offense is going to have to pick up the defense. The offense is going to have to reciprocate what the defense has done. This could be the week for that. If you look at the kind of firepower Tampa has, especially with their receivers, some of the questions that are in the Bears' secondary as we're potting this right now, we don't know Prince Mukamara's availability. And Tampa Bay's defense looks beatable. Mm-hmm. So is this the week where the offense is going to really have to pick it up and make sure the Bears go to 3-1 and one, as opposed to the defense carrying the load? Well, it, it has to happen or this franchise is in trouble. I mean, it's yeah. even beyond this week. So um, I'll be intrigued to see how... Nagy and the offensive staff scheme to get the most out of Mitch. And we've heard Nagy talk about, you know, maybe he's hitting a saturation point of how much they can give him, uh, which I'm not sure whether this speaks badly of of his ability to learn or their ability to understand how much a guy can learn. Uh, But, yeah, it's always going to be that kind of deal where it's hard to know what what Tampa Bay – I just don't imagine there's any way that – Ryan Fitzpatrick or Patrick Fitzryan, whatever, is going to have a fourth straight. That's, I mean, there's never been three. So you kind of expect somebody to come back, not back to earth, but at least back to somewhere around their football card stats. That said, it, it's almost irrelevant what happens on that side of the ball. The, mm-hmm. the Bears just simply have to do more. And I yep. think we heard uh, Nagy today talk about uh, 
learning what plays work and what right. don't. And it's kind of interesting when he talks about himself. He's a learning head mm-hmm. coach. So I think that this is a key week for that. You look at what the Bears' offense has been, and, you know, Jordan Howard is not getting anything going on the ground. Teams are stuffing the box. It looks a lot like the offense they ran last year. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, in terms of the results that are coming out. Obviously, the you know, the window dressing and the play design is very much different. But you kind of wrote about this, Moon, uh, this week on NBC Sports Chicago, that Hey, maybe actually, like, Dahl Hawkins and John Fox could have been onto something. I'm saying that with yeah. a whisper here. But, you know, in limiting what Trubisky could do, and that was with a bunch of weapons that were terrible. Terrible. Now you have a bunch of weapons that are good. Allen Robinson's getting mm-hmm. open. Taylor Gabriel's getting open. And you're still kind of seeing the same results. Right. It may, maybe, it, maybe it wasn't the weapons. No, and not, not to beat up Trubisky, but, um, yeah, his – it was interesting to stay in touch with, you know, some of the members of the previous staff and, and they kind of knew what they had. Mm-hmm. And again, not to look backwards about it, but Dal Loggins went from passing 61% of the time when he was had Jay Cutler and Matt Barkley for crying out loud. And then he gets Mitch Trubisky, and all of a sudden he's only throwing 53, 54%. You know, it's a really nice balanced offense. It tells you they knew what they had or didn't have. And I think Matt Nagy and, and Mark Helfrich are kind of finding out, well, that's not his strength. So, Playing to a guy's strength, looking looking forward. What what will be intriguing to me is how they scheme with Nagy. Get to your point about how important it is that the offense finally come on. Let's get all the gears going here, because um, Tampa Bay is re- for for the, some of the personnel they've got really vulnerable. I mean, they're giving yeah. up their like twenty eighth or 29th. The the average passer rating against them is one hundred and seventeen. They've only had seven total sacks, and uh, they're just. Which is surprising because they've got two elite level defense front four guys, mm-hmm. Pierre Paul and, and Gerald McCoy, yep. who are guys who are going to get after Trubisky. So, you know, it's stunning how bad they have been as a defensive team. That said, everybody kind of they may rise up and say, you know, if we just get the ball for for Ryan, we can we'll get points on these guys. So, what team they face is as interesting as what. What the Bears are they right. going to? Will this be the, a breakout week for Mitch Trubisky? Matt Nagy says, "Well, he's shown me flashes. I think you need to see more of them." Early season numbers can always be kind of skewed when you look at averages, but Tampa Bay is allowing six point six yards per play. That's fourth worst in the NFL. Uh, teams are throwing for three hundred and sixty two mm-hmm. yards against them per game. Now, granted, some teams have been playing catch up, like the Saints were playing catch up. Yeah. Um, but, you know, this is a defense. Their their interception rate is down there at 0.76% of passes, which I believe that is second worst, third worst in the league, excuse me. So this is a defense that's beatable through the air. Well, and they're giving up seven, almost 78% completion percentage. That's that, wild. That is yeah. staggering when you think, and I think that's 32nd in the league. But mm-hmm. the point there is the, the chance for checkdowns and positive plays, they're kind of, there's no excuse for... Uh, again, they're going to stack the box. They're going to make Trubisky beat him. Prove you know, prove he can beat me deep. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they're they're this is as you say a beatable team. Which again, back to the seven dwarfs thing. Everybody's beatable. Right. Yeah, and yeah. every everyone is a beatable team in the NFL this year. Um, if you look at what the defense is going to have to do in this game, though, um, I've got some concerns about 
what you look at with Tampa with their receivers, you mm-hmm. got obviously Mike Evans, who's playing like one of the three best receivers in the league right he, now. He's, he's open when he breaks the huddle. Yes. That's just the way he's six foot five. Yeah. He's going to cover. Who in this team do the Bears have? Kyle Fuller about did them? not have success covering no. him last year in Tampa. And, and right. And, and Mukamara is down. And he, we're not talking well, about elite to begin with. Right. And now you're missing one of your starters. So if Kyle, let's say Kyle Fuller shadows Mike Evans throughout the game. You still have Deshaun Jackson to deal with, who is a deep threat every time he's on the field. Chris Godwin's having a great start to the season. So I, I talked to Bryce Callahan a little bit today because he's probably going to be, I, I would assume he would be your starting outside corner in base, but they're not going to go base that much because Godwin's going to be on the field quite a bit. So Callahan probably will slide inside. It's going to be a lot on Kevin Tolliver to stop Deshaun Jackson. Uh, Tolliver, we saw him get beat on a double move by Christian Kirk on Sunday where he just tried to make a play on the ball. He tried to be, you know, come up with a big play, yeah. and got burned for a 30-plus-yard gain. Remember we saw him in training camp, too, going back right off the bat, like, oh, my God. He, every year there's somebody that goes supernova. Yeah. And then he got a little hurt. Right. And then he was just a guy. I was a right. little surprised he even made the roster. I was, too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, over Craven LeBlanc uh, mm-hmm. for recalling moves on a Saturday, uh, the Saturday yeah. of Labor Day weekend that carried more weight than the Khalil Mack trade. Um, but, yeah, and just to finish that <laughs> thought with you. The, uh, you know, as even Dirk Cutter said, you know, and John Fox, everybody, they all say it. It's a game of matchups. Yeah. So, how you know, you may be better than that other team, but they have certain things you really don't match up well with. And that's, you know, well, to your point, there's a vulnerability here and in, on a good defense. It's not just those three receivers. It's O.J. Yeah. Howard. You throw in the tight end in there, um, who I'm eager to kind of talk to Eddie Jackson about because they, they, they both went to Alabama together. It came up at Alabama together. I'm sure they had some good battles in practice together. Um, O.J. was a one, too. He was a, he was a first-round pick. Like a mid, mid-round. Yeah, and, you know, it, tight ends, rookie tight ends rarely have success, but you see a lot of guys make that jump in year two. He looks like he's making that jump. So you look at those four mm-hmm. weapons for Ryan Fitzpatrick, Jameis Winston, who cares? Those guys are going to make you better if you can get the ball in their hands, and that's what Fitzpatrick has done. If it winds up being Jameis Winston, which the Buccaneers are not going to let us know, right. but I'd probably lean toward it being Fitzpatrick right now. Um, this is this is a really difficult matchup. Who has the better weapons? Tampa. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't draw. think there's a question about that the right now. In the offseason, you could match me Allen Robinson or Mike Evans. I'm go Mike Evans. Evans, Deshaun Jackson, or Taylor Gabriel. Taylor Gabriel. Deshaun Jackson, yeah, or you know the tight ends. I'll take OJ Howard over right, Trey Burton right now. I mean, it's it's like for all of the uh, uh, the fanfare that went into the offseason, yeah. it's like ooh, here comes Tampa Bay and. They could be they could be as better as the Bears. Here's here's one thing if you're looking for some positivity for the defense, is that Ryan Fitzpatrick did throw three picks against Pittsburgh. Uh, if it's Jameis Winston, I think we all know about his propensity for uh, bad interceptions. Mm-hmm. Um, there, the Bears defense showed a they they've proven this year that they've got kind of that knack for takeaways that I don't think we've seen in years past. They already have what five interceptions. They had eight all of last year. In the last three years. Last eight, three years, yeah. yeah. And they would have had six had Khalil Mack not been offside on Eddie Jackson, what would have been a game right. of, you know, or pick six Fuller there. Or if Kyle Fuller could catch. Or if Kyle Fuller could catch them when they could have seven, yeah. Right. Um, but they, they have that kind of, they look like they have that trait to them this year, whether it's mm-hmm. Bryce Callahan, who's, who's always had, like, decent ball skills, seeming to take mm-hmm. that next step. Prince of Mukamara having that interception. Uh, Eddie Jackson with his really great rangy ball skills. Um you can turn the ball over against the Buccaneers. So I think that is where, if you're looking at this matchup, if the defense is going to help the offense out, I think it's going to be in giving them short fields. Getting getting yeah. the offense the ball near the red zone, in, at least inside the 40, 
making it a little bit easier on Trubisky to not have to sustain a really long drive and then get downfield. And, and once they get into the red zone, this offense is going to have to finish with touchdowns. Touchdowns, yeah, that, that's something they've touched on. Um, I think you, you did look at red zone plays for on, the, on our website, and um, that's the home. You know, a team that gets you, the good ones or the great ones, when they get you down, they step on your throat. Yeah. It's in the end zone. Um, I, don't, well, I don't know what the Bears' percentage is. I should know what their touchdown is. It's up to 40%, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, which mm-hmm. is not good. Right. Um, so, you know, being finishers, they talk about finishing the game. They need to finish drives. And we saw last game when, when, when they, you know, after two straight first drive touchdowns, last game was just the opposite. I mean, yeah. it was just weak. So, um, you know, but Nagy made an interesting observation, get back to defense, that how bad Fitzpatrick was beat up. They got to him mm-hmm. and, and, and it occasioned those those interceptions. And, and pressure brings every quarterback down. Right. So I, I got to think I was very interested to see what they do with Roquan Smith, how they blitz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Fangio, he's shown it. I, I don't think he really likes to blitz out of a 3-4, mm-hmm. but that's the thing John Fox always said. You don't know out of those seven guys who's coming. And if they can you know, scheme some things to get to Fitzpatrick, to your point, then you might get the short field off. This has been back-to-back weeks. We've seen Vic Fangio scheme to get Bryce Callahan into the quarterback, get mm-hmm. Sherrick McManus into the quarterback. So there are different ways you can yeah. do it. Um, but, God, Khalil Mack just makes things so much easier. I mean, yeah. when you have a guy who can beat a double or triple team, eh, you don't always have mm-hmm. to blitz you know, with Roquan Smith or Danny Trevathan or Sherrick McManus or Bryce Callahan. You can go... And say, you know what? Okay, our four best against your five best. We know where the double team's coming. And we know where the double team's coming from. And he's going to beat that double team, but also Akeem Hicks is going to beat that single team. I mean, there there's so many different ways that this Bears front can beat you. I, I think that's a great point, Moon. That the, the the Steelers did get that pressure on Fitzpatrick, which yeah. then you know that leads to some of those interceptions. I, he threw one. I think it was to Bud Dupree. They're mm-hmm. backed up, and it was just he he looked in between on a throw because there was some pressure there. And that was an easy pick six for, you know, for an outside linebacker. So those are the kind of things I think the Bears will see on film when they go and really yeah. get into this and say, okay, you know what, he can be kind of confused. He may be, you're going to get used to hearing this, he's a Harvard graduate. Did you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but, but, well, no, we didn't overlap with Ben Broniker, but yeah, but yeah. And he looks like Conor McGregor, so you don't want to mess with him. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, you do not want to mess with them, although I wouldn't want to mess with Khalil Mack either. Um, we're going to take a quick break here on the Under Center Podcast and come back with part two for you here on NBCSportsChicago.com. Can't get enough of your Bulls? Tune in every single game day to Bulls pregame and flip back after the action for postgame live all season long, all 82 games, only on NBC Sports Chicago. All right, Moon and JJ back here on the Under Center Podcast. Um, Got some big picture things we just want to touch on with Mitch Trubisky before we kind of get out of this. Yeah, and even with the Bears, I mean, remember where this game is. This is the end of the first quarter. You know, coaches yeah. always talk about quarters of the season, and, and you want, and they're going into an off week after that. I refuse to call it the bye because it's not a bye. This Moon, this, this is your that you have a you have had a bee in your bonnet about this for twenty five years. I love it. Every time Matt Nagy called it the bye week this it's week. And in your transcription, you said, no, it's the off week. Yeah, you made it a point. Uh, yeah, a buy is what Serena <laughs> Williams gets. You, you, they're not advanced. Anyway, so that, just to correct, uh, we're, we're the grammar police here. This has been the um, segment, uh, yeah. John Moon Mullen is a bee in his bonnet. Um, <laughs> but no, we, yeah, this is, they're coming at, this is the fourth, again, it's the, that first quarter. And I, I really like when they, this team getting the buy this week, great. I mean, I think Nagy mm-hmm. kind of alluded to it. 
because it's a first-year head coach, they're still they, this is a reset chance. Yeah. From like he mentioned, a long preseason, but even even if they hadn't, this coaching staff needs to reset mm-hmm. more than one that's done the same thing over and over. And Vic Fangio doesn't need it, but um, and, and it's conclu- it's running. It's, this will be a, a stretch of four NFC games, which will count for a little more right weight if it ever comes down to tiebreakers. So. And then they finish this, and then they go, I think, what, play the whole AFC East? Whole AFC East and four straight games. So, but, so these games, matter. I mean, they all matter. Mm-hmm. But ones in your division really matter, and ones in your conference matter. So I think that's, that's a statement game and, and a good positioning game for them. You asked Matt Nagy last week about self-scouting and how much that he mm-hmm. kind of gets week to week. And he said he does have a guy who kind of will let him know, hey, these are your tendencies yeah. and that. I think when they get past this game against Tampa, the self-scouting of how Nagy is calling plays for Trubisky Mm-hmm. is going to be a really important thing that the staff is going to kind of hammer on. Because we've, we've heard Nagy say it a lot. It's not just Mitch being essentially a rookie in this offense. Matt Nagy's a first-year coach, mm-hmm. too. So, you know, the, the play calling could be better in some instances. I think Matt Nagy will admit that. The execution needs to be better in some instances, mm-hmm. too, with Mitch Trubisky. So I think you get through this game, you do have a big enough sample size to start making some real evaluations to go into the second half of the year. That being said, if Trubisky comes out and he is a, let's say he has his breakout game against Tampa, which we haven't really seen a sign that that's coming yet, Mm -hmm. but maybe, you know, Tampa's defense is to the point where they are beatable and Trubisky takes advantage of that. I'd be curious how that might affect how they go into this bye week and the self-scout of themselves. Because if you say, well, you know, what Trubisky did against Tampa is repeatable, then maybe not, not a lot changes, and you say, okay, he had his breakthrough. Or maybe you look at it and say, okay, we were able to do these things against Tampa that we weren't able to do because maybe we pared the game plan down a little bit. So I do think maybe this game against Tampa may carry some extra weight in that regard going into the bye week just because it is this opportunity for them to still kind of tinker with things, but you can't really go and have this big evaluation while you're game planning for an opponent. Well, and, and Nagy touched on this too, the, the recognition – and to your bigger picture, as you alluded to, he's a first-year head coach, mm-hmm. and while he has he has learned at the feet of the master and Andy Reid, um, he said we're they're learning things that worked in Kansas City, but aren't quite working here. Right. But other and some things that didn't work there are working. So that you pull the camera back, it's like ah, this is much more a work in progress for him than maybe we realize. And you going back, I, might, I think we touched on this a while back, but. Even into the preseason, remember they they didn't play the starters in yeah. week three because they had so much practice. Right. Well, I'm wondering if that's you know, in the future. He says because I think when I asked him about will, will this be a one year thing, and he kind of said, kind of yeah, yeah, probably, but it wasn't just an extra preseason. So he's learning things that work and what don't work. Which again, you think come from the came from the Andy Reid coaching tree, and only good fruit falls from that tree. But um, yeah, him learning what worked. What worked before isn't quite working with this guy. Um, so l- him learning what he's got, which is amazing to think about, isn't it, JJ? That we're mm-hmm. four games into the season, five preseason games, all that practice. You don't know what he, you don't know what. Yeah, yet. yeah. That I don't know. I, you I know, guess. I keep I keep going back to that because at the time, I you know, and this is something I do want to do in the bye week is almost like a self scout of my own coverage of Mitch Trubisky mm-hmm. to go back and look at okay, what was I writing about him during training camp? Was I writing that? You know, this guy's ready for week one. When they bench the starters for the third preseason game, I know I was on the side of, hey, this is a good idea. I don't think the preseason matters that much. Um, I kind of want to go back and look at that, you know, once we get into the bye and, and see 
how the expectations maybe were a little too high for oh, Mitch. Oh, yeah. I couldn't have been. I mean, they, yeah. Because no, he's got all these weapons. Right. And he's got an offensive coach. Now yep. it's going to be great, and which is unfair to him, but uh, in Chicago, you're – Right, you, you, exactly. Of course you can expect things. But, yeah, the, uh, yeah, the, the learning curve um, – but, you know, it's just, again, not to look backwards, but in training camp last year, I remember a couple of players – what do you think of the new guy, which was him? Yeah. And I, I, I don't which one of the offensive guys said, man, that ball comes out hot. Yeah. And and I, I thought he was more confident last year. I mean, he seemed I, more confident early. I, yeah. I, I, don't, I wonder whether some of these missed throws are causing a little shaky confidence or result, you know, result of maybe he's not as confident. Mm-hmm. He's a little tentative. I don't know, which gets to your point, you know, the big point of the, the, the self-scouting, the off week. And, and maybe needing a big week. I think once it starts, it's going to get going. Right, you right. Know, I agree. Sudden, yeah. I, I think he needs a 22 for 25 game with 304 yards, three touchdowns, and no picks. Then, yeah. you know, then if that's in there, which, you know, and, and Nagy referred to it, he's as far as he's concerned, Mitch has flashed to show mm-hmm. flashes. And there was a game, what, Cincinnati last year? And, I, and yep. he put big numbers up against Detroit. Mm-hmm. But it's not every week, and that's what the good ones do. So right. that – to this, what I need to see, what I think you're talking about too, we need to see this against Tampa Bay. Yes, it's not I me. Mean, it's you know, there's no weak teams in the NFL, but this one pretty comes pretty close. This, I mean, you know, from a defensive standpoint, yeah, and I think it'll be interesting if he comes out against Tampa, and then maybe we hear, well, you know, they did kind of pare the game plan down a little bit because kind of reading what Matt Nagy said, what Mitch Trubisky said here on Wednesday at Hallis Hall. It did sort of sound like they might be considering that. It sounds like, like Al Loggins. Well, yeah, yeah, well, that that like. Trubisky's <laughs> mental bank or mental kind of reservoir is completely full, and they might need to kind of you know dial it back a little bit, or take out the ones as he said, and this makes good sense. Take out the ones that aren't working, right? And, and I, in fact, I was even thinking, do, do you ever put a play in? You say, you know, this will work, even though it's not something your quarterback likes, or right? Good at. I, I don't know if he does that. Probably right. not. If your quarterback hates it, you're probably not going to do it. But yeah, I think the pairing back will simply be weeding out those ones that he's already said alluded to. Now that well, that really worked with Alex Smith, right? And, you know, when Andy was running, it. But I don't think whatever we got here, it's not quite working that way. Yeah, this is going to be a really interesting game from that standpoint, just because you know you you look at kind of the the breadth of work that he's put in against Green Bay, mm-hmm. which I think Green, you look back and he's like, oh, Green Bay is his best game of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, then mm-hmm. Seattle and Arizona, and where can where can the Bears kind of find that spark is going to be really interesting. And if it is, you kind of mentioned if he does it against Tampa, you get this thing rolling. I don't know if I'm so sure about that because you got Miami coming up after the bye week that's looked pretty decent. Speaking of Dal Loggins. Speaking of Dal Loggins, <laughs> the, uh, yeah, the Dal Loggins revenge game. Uh, every, there's, every game's a revenge game for the 2017 Bears. Um, but, you know, then after that, halfway decent defense in the New York Jets. Uh, the Patriots probably have the worst, the worst defense of the in the in the AFC East, but like it's going to be kind of that weekly test, mm-hmm. and how I think a lot of it falls on Nagy and how he kind of self scouts to go back to that and figure out okay what is working best for Mitch, where are the plays where his footwork is off, and how do we eliminate those so he can kind of get into that rhythm again? Can we find rhythm in this offense without just firing the mm-hmm. ball to the side to Taylor Gabriel for a four yard game? Yeah. Can we get rhythm by getting it over the middle for 10 yards? I mean, it, these are the kind of things that I think are going to be really important once you get these four games of film to kind of have. Yeah, and I, I, I was thinking game plan-wise. I, 
I would be actually a little surprised if they don't go up top sometime in that first three plays. Mm -hmm. Let's see what let's see if we can hurt them and really get Mitch on track and, and practice that play over and over and yep. over all week. Mm -hmm. We, we mm -hmm. don't get to watch it, but you know, Taylor Taylor just go long and I'll hit you. Yeah, you know, the the some playground play that he's comfortable with to really get shake him loose. Yeah, I think, and then which will shake the defense back and maybe to your point getting. Jordan Howard maybe only only sees twenty four guys in the box. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, we're gonna get out of here. Uh, thanks for listening to the Under Center podcast. Remember, you can stick with us on NBCSportsChicago.com all week for your coverage of Bears Bucks, and then tune into the football after show immediately following oh, good Sunday's game. Oh man, uh, they are terrific. That is a really really good show, and uh, I know we say that as employees of NBC Sports Chicago, but. I got that thing DVR'd. Lawrence, A.B., Briggs, Forte, they, they do a tremendous job. And you know what it is, and not to prolong, but they, they go into such depth. It's like watching, a, I mean, some of the, like the Fox show with, with, with Bradshaw and those guys, I mean, mm -hmm. and, and Howie Long, excellent stuff. And they're they're being generic. Our guys get into it right on the Bears, yep. and it's, I, I, I think, you know, they, they were players themselves, their offense and defense, yep. so they pick up so much stuff. It's like... You know, I don't want to miss that. I'm DVRing yeah. that show because yep. these guys have, wow, I didn't see that. But they, they sense things. Yeah. I think they give you some things to confirm or, or give you insights you didn't have. So, yeah, big, big recommendation on oh, yeah. that show. And then tune in for their uh, podcast, which they also mm -hmm. have on Sundays after the game. And Moon and I will be back with you here at Hallis Hall next week uh, for the bye week. We finally get some a little bit of time off after that. Uh, but, again, thanks for listening to the Under Center podcast here on NBC Sports Chicago. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.